0: So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA. Always enjoy being with you on these podcasts. Thanks to so many of you who have reached out and and given us feedback and comments and given us some ratings, whether you get your uh, podcast through Google Play or Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you get it, we are there. And our whole goal with this podcast series, as always, is to help the dental assistant understand his or her value, understand that it's not just us who believes in you, but there are countless experts in the industry out there who who join us in that quest to raise you up in the eyes of not only your peers in the industry, but also your own eyes as well. And one of those experts is with me today uh, from the great Lone Star State, dear friend of mine and fellow baseball enthusiast, Susan Gunn. How are you, my friend?
1: (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. You know, especially after Joey Gallo hit a home run last night. I tell
0: you what. So Joey Gallo and Charlie Blackman. So both our teams getting a little all-star. Yeah, I was
1: was super proud of him.
0: Well, Susan and I, we're not going to talk baseball. We're going to save that for next week whenever we're together at the uh, ADOM annual session in Orlando. But we're going to get plenty of that in, I promise you. Oh, Time yeah. Off. But before we get too deep into our discussion today, Susan, just will you just take a moment, kind of introduce yourself, and let our audience know how awesome you are?
1: Oh, well, see, he didn't tell me I was going to have to do that. But um, <laughs> I have been in business for almost 20 years, too. Um. What's even more harder to believe is that I've written forty-three books, and wow. yeah, I mean, I still stop and go. Wow, really? No wonder I'm so stinking tired. But <laughs> um, um, I am a financial organization expert for practices. That is my whole genre. If there's anything I can do to help them in that realm, I I do a really good job staying in my lane, and um. That is uh, my lane, helping them organize the business flow of a practice, whether that means it's QuickBooks organizing, whether it means figuring out a systems and procedures to keep the office tight and on target, um, or if it means that there's an embezzlement um, in the practice, then I do all the investigating and preparing of the case evidence for trial. So it's kind of a full gamut. That's my niche.
0: And it's it's a good niche and one that you've really developed through the years. And I I will say, if you ever get the chance to hear Susan speak at a dental meeting that you're at, or you have can encourage a team member to go hear her, it's well worth the time. I guarantee you that. So you know, you mentioned the business flow a moment ago, and and that's where I kind of want to start with you because I know you and I have talked about how important the assistant is to that business flow, and just kind of want to tee you up with that and get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to me that uh, some of the failures that I see in a dental practice is when one person tries to assume that uh, control, and they're the only ones that are doing the business flow of the practice. They think it solely falls on their shoulders. When the business flow of the practice falls on everyone that's in the practice, and that includes the assistants, because <laughs> I got to tell you, the assistants could possibly be um, the most important people, aside from the dentist, of course, in the practice, yep. because they are the girl or guy Friday. They're cross-trained yep. to fill in wherever they're needed. They're entrusted with a wide variety of tasks. They will help get things taken care of, whatever it needs to be. And they're the one that you can rely on when you need just a little bit of extra help. You know, <laughs> they can come in from the back. They can do whatever. That's what I see. In assistance. So given that, I think the assistants could be in charge of inventory. They can have an inventory sign-up sheet in the back so that if the hygienist needs some product, then she can go put it on the sign-up sheet. Perhaps there it's an Excel spreadsheet. I'm just thinking really simple sign-up sheet. Uh, yep. Excel spreadsheet uh, that they printed, and it's on a clipboard, and it's hanging in the back. So the hygienist can go over there and sign up that she needs, you know, cleaning paste, or whatever you know, and then signs up for it and says, "I like this brand," you know, or prefers this brand, or she needs this flavor um, uh, of paste, and then puts where she's put it, gotten it before, perhaps, and then the ass- assistant once a week then goes back and looks at the inventory request and. And you have to kind of train everybody that it's you can't do last-minute requests. You're going to have to start checking ahead of time because there's none of this demand at the last-minute thing. And so um, the assistant then takes this inventory request clipboard, can check prices. They can print out the order with the prices. They give that order to the office manager saying this is what's been done. Then they check the product when it comes in with the packing slip, and then they give that packing slip to the office manager. And so, yep. in my head, that's a perfect niche uh, for them to do and takes away. That's I mean, in fact, who better else to know what supplies are needed in the back?
0: Sure, absolutely. And, and you know, anytime that we can add, Responsibility for the assistant. I think that that's important. Again, raising his him or her up in the eyes of not only coworkers but also responsibility. I think means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, then, so
1: then the responsibility of knowing those supplies falls on the assistant. So they need to um, dig in and learn about the supplies, learn about the different vendors that they could get it from. Just find out what brands are better than others and in quality versus cheap. You know, I mean, we could always buy cheap products, but you know, they don't always last. And so that's not always a good idea. Uh, there's some things to you we could go cheap on, but other things we don't want to go cheap on. And so there's going to be a training component there where they're going to be learning and educating themselves. But, uh, during that training and education, they're going to become invaluable.
0: You know, and, and I think one thing I always push out, I would love your opinion on this as well, is how important it is to get that relationship with your sales rep who comes in as well to really dive into new products, new availability, whatever it might be. And I think that's an important relationship for the assistant to build as well.
1: Yeah, you know, in this day and age of everything being ordered online, the sales pr- um, salesperson's relationship has kind of gone by the wayside, but yeah. still so valuable to keep and retain. Those questions are amazing. If, if not just to order the products, but if you ever wanted to leave the practice, <laughs> salespeople tend to know where there's openings.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, that's a great idea.
1: And if you've got a great relationship with them, they'd be a good referral. So,
0: yeah, and I think that's really important to keep in mind as well, is that, you know, you're not just building up your resume for what you're doing now, but maybe what you want to be doing a year or two years from now as well.
1: Right. I mean, maybe you start out as an assistant, but then you, because you are cross trained and you are doing things, I know lots of assistants that have become uh, office managers. Oh sure, and because they've learned the back. Well, what an invaluable office manager, that's that knows the back and then also knows the front. But you got to start with where you are, and that is becoming the most valuable employee of the practice. In my head, that's what I think. Well, people who well, are people, uh, the the assistants. If you think about it this way, the assistants are are what we would call servant leaders. Because they're willing to help wherever they're needed. I like that. Yeah.
0: Yep. I, I like that a lot. And and I think that, you know, for for the assistant to be a leader in the practice, he or she kinda has to have the right mindset to be that leader. Yes, absolutely. And part of- yeah, and, and part of that, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, but I want to dive into it so that the audience can hear it as well. Is part of that mindset is doing the right thing yeah. and always doing the right thing, even whenever nobody's around or, or looking.
1: Yeah, ethics. Got to tell you. I mean, you don't have to have the news on very long before you see somebody else has done something that's wretched. Um, yep. <laughs> but it doesn't start with the wretched event. That's what I tell everybody. You know, Rick Singer didn't wake up one day. uh, He's the guy who uh, was paid millions and millions of dollars to get people, people's children in college illegally. Um, He didn't wake up one day and say, gee, I think I'll um, do this for millions and millions of dollars. It started with one breach of his ethical standard at some point in time in his life. And it built on that. I say the same thing with embezzlement cases people don't wake up one day to decide to steal millions of dollars. They wake up one day and say, Hmm, I need $20 for the weekend. And then they, you know, suddenly forget to pay it back. And so it starts with a breach of our personal ethics. There is no difference between personal and business ethics. It is our ethics, our own ethics. It's our choice. And so, My dad um, was the teacher of my ethics, and the men that he chose to run around with were also of a very high-caliber ethical standard. Um, He owned his own business, too. And so I got to watch, which I was one of those kids that watched everything uh, my parents did and evaluated it, Um, as as most kids, by the way. (laughs) Not much gets by these days. Um, (laughs) but, um, um, I watched how he conducted himself in business. Um, uh, he was, um, ran on for the school board over 20 something years. Um, he has a school named after him here in Arlington and, um, he just had a very high ethical standard. Um, his word was his word. And if he said he would do something, then it didn't matter what came up, he would do it. And um, that just, his yes was yes and his no was no. I learned that very early on as a kid. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah, it, but, you know, I, I think that people like your dad, it, it's, I, and and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like with, with all the proliferation, easy for me to say, of things that go on in the news every day, it seems like that we as a society, our ethics are slipping. And I think that that some ways makes it easy for some of us to look the other way and maybe not always do the right thing. And I think that's what you and I have both seen in dental practices at times, yeah. is that it's easier now to to justify it all. Oh, yeah.
1: And you know, I uh, witnessed a car accident this weekend. It was very cut and dry. One, one car crossed two lanes of traffic and ran into a car in the third lane, minding his own business. And yet the one car that crossed the two lanes of traffic uh, disputed that it was their fault. (laughs) And I just wanted to go, are you kidding me? In fact, I said that to the person that called the insurance person that called me. It was so obvious they weren't paying attention. I mean, I don't know what they were doing, but they didn't see them. And yet those kinds of things seem to be easier. We don't, we, we're choosing more not to tell the truth, whatever that is. Yeah. And there's an excuse for not telling the truth. When, when I got to tell you, if I don't tell the truth, everybody knows painted on my face. And so yeah. it's hard. It's hard to tell the truth in a society that it wants you to live up to this norm, but. At the end of the day, you know what, Kev, I sleep really good because I don't cheat on my taxes. I don't, you know, it's like, and I'm not perfect. I don't want to go into thinking that I'm perfect. There's lots of failures in my world. But at the same time, to the best of my knowledge, I am trying to choose the high road in everything I do. Yeah.
0: And and I think that that's important is that we're making the mental choice to do the right exactly thing. and 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 the right thing. You and I both know, Susan, isn't always no, easy. Thing, it's sure. No, it's not. And and so you know, one thing that that comes up so often with assistance that I hear, and I and I didn't prep you on this, so you know, I'm gonna it may uh, be a curveball I'm throwing at you here to go back to our baseball. No, that's
1: references. okay. I'll try to hit home run.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I, I hear so often that assistants are, and it, and it falls with single use items, that things that are supposed to be single use are often sterilized or are used again, even though when they're not supposed to be because the dentist is trying to save a little money or whatever it might be. And the assistant may know that that's not right. And yet he or she feels like that they've got to go along with it. How, how do we justify things like that in the practice that sometimes, man, that, that can just get so under your skin, but you almost feel like that you don't have a choice?
1: Um, Yeah, that's ineffective leadership. And that's an unethical of, office then, which is um, yeah. there are quite a few of them out there. I see it on my side, too. Um, but the... The bottom line is, at the end of the day, the ramifications of reusing and not using new are a detriment to the patient, and that really is the bottom yeah. line. And so, um, if if they are not comfortable doing it, which you know they shouldn't be comfortable doing it, um, then they have to find a new office or get something signed by the doctor that says they are. Um, doing that now the problem is is there any um, I would I would definitely wait and watch and see if there was any um, patients that came back and said that they had infections and I'd take that to the bank oh, yeah. but
0: um, yeah.
1: but at the same time personally for me if I was in that situation I'd have to find another practice to work in that's I mean that really is I, the bottom line for me
0: and, and you know, I, I think that that's a really good point because so often assistants tell me or, or I've heard that they feel like that there are no other options for them. And I am such a believer that if you're an assistant who is passionate about what you do, if you're an assistant who is clinically adept, and you're an assistant who has standards and ethics and morals, you're always going to find somewhere that you're going to fit in and will be another opening
1: for you. Well, and that's true of any any job of any level yeah. of job. And so, um I'm not the only fraud examiner in town. And so, um you know, you just you just have to decide what you're going to do that's going to be above board and what you won't do. And there are lots of things that I won't do um because they are unethical. Yeah. Um so it's, and, and unethical is not the same thing as illegal, by the way. <laughs> there tends to be a little bit of a misnomer um, in correlating the two. Sometimes uh, something unethical is is illegal, but it's not always that way. But it's a, a moral choice. So if I am putting my patients in danger, um, then I definitely can't work there. Okay. then it kind of negates the, the good that I'm doing on the other side, right?
0: I, I agree, you know, and I think patient care should always kind of be that moral compass, to be honest. I think that's why any dental professional hopefully got into what you're doing is that you wanted to help patients and improve their oral health.
1: Yeah, and spending a – because the, the bottom line is sometimes it's only just a couple of dollars more. And really, if they would um, – <laughs> 'Cause I see okay. So I see the financials of some of these practices. You know, and if maybe you ate out a little bit less or you didn't <laughs> didn't bring in Starbucks nearly as many times, um or yeah. or cut some corners the other way, but no, we can't cut corners in patient care. That that's not good. No bueno.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. So uh, wrapping up here, Susan. If, if there's one thing that you would kind of use as a piece of advice for assistance today, uh, you know, we, we've talked about the business flow, we've talked about ethics. What what's just one piece of advice you want to leave with our listeners today?
1: You know, I'll say the same thing that I say to every group of people that I talk to, and I end with this because it's so pertinent to where we are today. Have you noticed how much the Marvel comic series has really flown? And I think it's because everybody is looking for a hero that they can identify with. And so we look for that. But, you know, there's heroes around us every day. And so I tell people to stand up, put their shoulders back, put their hands on their hips and have their feet just shoulder width apart. Stand up straight and be that superhero in the practice today. Because everybody wants one so desperately. And if they step up to the plate and they do those things, then by golly, I mean they will fill such a need. Um, and and if they don't and they don't get that respect, then go to another practice because that wi- that is wanted most definitely.
0: I, I love that, and I and I will tell you as a Marvel yeah, geek. Uh, one of the things that I, I love about those heroes is none of them are perfect. They've all exactly. got their quirks, their personality. Quirks, you know, and I, I think that's so important. So, uh, hey, if Susan, if anybody wants to get a hold of you to follow up, to, to learn a little bit more about you, what you do, uh, you know, because I think you've, you've touched on a few really hot buttons today. What's a good way for them to reach My out website,
1: to you? My website, www.SusanGunSolutions.com. Make sure you make that G-U-N-N. Because I don't deal in arms. Um, Susan Gun Solutions More Than One.com.
0: There you go. Well, Susan, thanks so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. I always love your passion, uh, and I'm looking forward to spending some time with you uh, as the meeting season kind of kicks back into awesome. high gear. Awesome.
1: Good to talk to you, Kev.
0: Thanks. And thanks to all of you for joining us today here on the podcast. And, you know, remember, there's always opportunities for you to improve yourself, and that's what we're all about at Ignite DA is helping the dental assistant be the best that he or she can be. That's why we reach out to experts throughout the industry like Susan and have them as part of this podcast and to remind you of the important role you play every day. So make sure you're subscribed to us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you get the latest episodes delivered directly to you as soon as they're available. Because we believe that you can be the superhero in the practice. And whenever you do that, trust me, together we rise.